0: Baby sleeping. No, like for real. Don't try wake my baby up. Is sleeping. Whisper. (laughs) Guys, we are back. (laughs) It's been a while. My name is David, and this is my lovely wife, Amanda. Hello. How you doing, baby? Hey, (laughs) y'all. And guys, we are here. We're in the booth, and we have a plus one. Uh, (laughs) Baby, baby Zaya, Zaya Joy Taylor is in the house. She's sleeping right now, (laughs) literally right next to me in her little seat. Um, So I may be talking a little lower than I need to, but I don't want to wake her because then you guys are going to hear her. (laughs) But we're back after the long pregnancy. Manny was pregnant for what, 38 weeks, six days? Yes. And so we didn't podcast at all during that time. And um, then the baby's now seven weeks old. So it's been a while since you guys have heard our voices, but we are back in the booth.
1: We've missed um,
0: you guys. Yes, we have. And we have a I guess a semi good excuse because I didn't want to do any podcast without Mandy. During the pregnancy, Mandy wasn't really up to it. And then, you know, after the baby, we kinda of had to find our footings again because this is a whole new element element, guys. <laughs> Having a baby is new. So anyway, we're back. We're in the booth. We got a couple updates before we jump right in. And uh for the record, before we do, um go ahead and grab a pen, some paper or something, because you guys are gonna need to take notes over this ep- episode. Um, so, but anyway, baby Zay is in the house. So that's new. Also, Mandy has a book coming out, right, baby? Yes, I do. Her book is going to be coming out within the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're looking to, what's this March, March 15th, March 15th. So we're looking to do it towards the last week of this month. The first week of April, her book motivated to stand is coming out, dropping hotness. (laughs) So, um, everybody be on the lookout for that because you don't want to miss that. And specifically, um, if you have purchased Mandy's Motivated to Love book or my I said I do, but now I don't book, um, you have access to our private Facebook group. There's a a couple thousand uh, individuals in that group now and you have access to that group. So if you have purchased one of those books and you're not in that group, you have to be there because we do teachings we do trainings, we do Q and A's, we do weekly Facebook lives. Right. Um, and this is just a group for those who are standing for their marriage. So if your marriage is healthy, it's not for you, but if you're standing, you need to be in that group because that's where we actually give you us on a deeper level. That's where you can right. learn more about our overflow program, mm-hmm. the Overflowing wife program. Um, and then also you get even more updates in regards to the new book that's coming out. Uh, so I just wanted to throw that in there just in case you haven't, uh, As requested to join please contact one of us or request to join it's the motivated to love group on facebook all you have to do to get in is have one of our books motivated to love or i said i do but now i don't um but anyway i just wanted to get some of that out the way because it's been a while and uh we want to definitely work with you guys and hear from you Mm -hmm. uh because we back in the booth (laughs) with the baby Going down. Back in the the baby. Yes, but uh so Mandy, anything you want to just shout out real quick before we get started? Because we got a lot of information to go on.
1: I'm just glad to be back. um Of course, we're excited to have baby Zaya. Yes, and um, we've def- we definitely prayed and waited a long time for her, so we're definitely thankful. Yeah, and I believe that you all will really enjoy this podcast today. Yeah,
0: yeah. And it took us five years to make her. <laughs> uh, five years of trying and uh failing because we had a miscarriage or two um you know and so it was it was a it was a difficult process at certain points but so
1: we just want to say for those who are trying yes. and it has to happen keep the faith
0: yes if god has promised it to you then stand on that promise because he promised us Gave
1: okay, david um, two dreams I, I
0: saw her i got to hold her twice in dreams before before i actually knew that she was coming so that was a beautiful thing well once before i knew she was coming and the second time before i we confirmed that it was a girl Mm -hmm. um so god spoke to me and i stood on that faith and obviously now i get to hold my baby every night so i love it anyway Guys, we are about to dive in because this episode is a pretty interesting one. We're talking about the difference, the biggest difference between happy happy and unhappy couples, right? Um, And so we're going to be discussing a topic, one of my favorite topics, um... You know, especially when I get to work with couples and I've been working in this space for 15 years now, going on 15 years, and I love working with couples and discussing this particular topic. Um, but again, this is a, one of those overlooked strategies. There's a ton of overlooked strategies, but this is one of those strategies that most people overlook. Um, so again, today we're going to do a deep dive and we're going to talk about the biggest difference between happy and unhappy couples. Now, before we get started, let me ask you, the listener, a question. What do you think the biggest difference is between happy and unhappy marriages? Is it sex? Is it uh, more money? Is it fewer conflicts? Is it in-laws? What about kids? Is it having more kids, having less kids, having them at certain points in your marriage? What is the biggest difference between happy and unhappy couples?
1: What Good question? Yeah,
0: thank you. Well, you know, I thought about that long and hard before I asked. <laughs> but anyway, um, what we're gonna discuss today will be very important to your marriage, okay? So I want you to think about that. It's so important that adding this one strategy today, like literally today, can can begin to have a drastic impact on the overall quality, health, and longevity of your marriage. So if you're looking to do what this podcast says to do, which is master your marriage, and we're all about helping you to master your marriage. Yes. Um, that's why we've changed from Mend Our Marriage to master Mastering Marriage because mastering marriage is bigger. It's stronger. Yes. It's, all, it's all about taking what's not strong, making it strong, and then taking you to the next level. Yes. Right? Like Mandy has a master's in her educational field. I have a master's in my educational field. It's all mm-hmm. about becoming a master in your marriage. Um, so this information, don't take it lightly, please take some notes and apply this stuff, okay? So now that I have your attention, let's go ahead and dive right in. So the biggest difference between happy and unhappy couples has something to do with what takes place during conflicts. Mm-hmm. So has something to do with how you position yourself in the midst of a conflict. And whether it's about not having enough sex, right, or dirty laundry or spending too much money, um, conflict is inevitable in every marriage, in in every marriage. I I literally mean that, in every marriage. I mean, Mandy and I, we have a really, really good marriage, but that doesn't mean we are exempt from having conflict. Right. Um, We often will have a conflict or two, maybe a day, right? Especially with the new baby, it changes things. Mm -hmm. Uh, But just because you have conflict, that doesn't mean things are in trouble. Right. Right. Um, so and for the record, I actually define conflict as this conflict to me is the tension that is created when there are two opposing viewpoints. So if you think about it, based off of that definition, you can already expect that conflict is going to be a normal part of the marriage process. Mm-hmm. And like I said, maybe even on a daily basis, especially depending on the season of marriage that you're in. Right. And again, that's not a bad thing. So most people have it in their minds that already, if we are having a conflict, then something's wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And no conflict only means that there are two different people merging and marriage is all about merging and right. it's not going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen in one year. It's not going to happen in five years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Marriage is a journey, not a destination. Right. And conflict is part of the journey. Right.
1: And it's not about you being rejected. Yeah, Um, I definitely had to learn that. Yeah. And remind myself of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we'll actually talk about some of those things here in a second. Uh, But I just wanted to let you guys know conflict is normal. So don't get mad and feel like hopeless because you're having conflicts. You may be in one of those seasons, a winter or fall season of your marriage where there are a lot of conflict. Right. right? So just kind of keep that in mind. Now, before I get derailed. Uh, Let me talk to you about a longitudinal study that uh, Dr. Gottman, and you guys have probably heard me talk about Dr. Gottman um, of the Gottman Institute, the love lab. He's the one that talked about the four horsemen um, to the apocalypse. No, no,
1: that was Gary. No, that's
0: Gary. Yeah. But Dr. Gottman, he did a a study with couples starting way back in the 1970s. Um, He's been doing this for the last like, couple of decades, by the way, since the 1970s. So, I mean, you do the math. It's been a long time that he's been researching couples. Um, And in this particular study, uh, he and his associates asked couples to solve a conflict in the relationship in 15 minutes. And then they just sat back and watched and recorded them. So they put them in front of a camera uh, and just say, hey, talk about the last conflict you had and do it in 15 minutes. Just, you know, We're going to just record you. There's no rules or regulations. Just talk as if nobody's here. And after carefully reviewing the tapes and following up with those couples after nine years, and I'm kind of going through this fast, but there was a lot of, like, they would take A 15 minute segment and then they would break it down into five minutes and then they would break it down into one minute and then they would take that one minute segment, splice it into seconds and then they would take the images of those seconds. It was a very detailed study, so I don't want to go through all the details, but after carefully reviewing, so that's what I mean by carefully reviewing um, the tapes and then following up with them in nine years, they were able to predict which couples would stay together and which couples would be divorced with over 90% accuracy. So, I mean, like, I mean, you think about that, like 90% accuracy over 90% means that you can kind of take this to the bank and cash it. There's some outliers. There's some random occurrences that won't apply to this type of information. But for the most part, this the stuff that I'm about to share with you guys works. And I'm a witness. We're a witness. And then in my couples, when I work with my couples and we work literally with couples, literally like every day, um, this works, stuff works. Uh, So, but let me talk about what they found in the study. So- His discovery in this study was simple, but very fascinating. So his study found that the difference between happy and unhappy couples is, get this guys, the balance between positive and negative interactions during conflict. So when there's a conflict, the balance between positive and negative interactions can determine the livelihood, the health, the longevity of your marriage. Quite frankly, his study revealed that there's a very specific ratio that makes love last. Okay? And you, if you've worked with us personally or with counseling, you've heard me talk about this. So for some of you guys, this may not be new, but I want you guys to still pay attention to this, especially for those that, that have never heard of this. So there's a ratio. He calls it the magic ratio. And he says that this ratio, if you can in- incorporate it into your conflicts, Helps change the dynamic of your marriage. Changes the fabric. And, I, and I've and i witnessed this. So this magic ratio is 5 to 1. So 5 to 1. That means that for every one negative interaction while you're having a conflict. So for every one negative interaction during a conflict. A stable and happy marriage has at least 5 or more positive interactions. So for those marriages that survived they demonstrated that for one negative interaction, they had five positive interactions to balance out the negative interaction during a conflict. And after his findings, he went on to state that when the masters of marriage are talking about something important, they may be arguing, but they are also laughing, laughing and teasing. And there are signs of affection that they're demonstrating between each other because they have made emotional connections. Now, I mean, I want you guys to kind of keep this in mind because on the other hand, he said unhappy couples tend to engage in fewer positive interactions to compensate for their escalating negativity. So if the positive to negative ratio during conflict is one to one or less, that's unhealthy and it indicates a couple is teetering on the edge of divorce. This is serious stuff, right? right? So if you're only having a one-to-one, meaning one positive to one negative ratio during a conflict, your marriage is most likely headed towards divorce. If it ain't there yet, it might get there. This is this is how important that ratio is. Now, again, guys, this strategy is so, so, so important. And after 15 years, almost 15 years in the mental health space, I have found that this is so true. And then after being married to my beautiful wife, who just birthed my baby two months ago, I found that this is still true today. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So keep that in mind, guys. And I'm sure if you take an honest and objective look at your marriage, you can assess the overall health of your marriage based off of this one notion, based off of the five to one ratio. And remember, the five to one ratio means that for every one negative interaction, you have to balance that with at least five positive interactions during a conflict. Okay. So now that you know the biggest difference between happy and unhappy couples, I want to give you some specifics regarding what's actually considered a negative interaction. And then I want to give you eight options that you can begin using today for positive interactions. And then that way, because we don't like people to have excuses, we want to make sure that you have the tools. So that way, when you're done listening to this episode, you know exactly what to do. Right, baby?
1: Yes.
0: Uh-oh. uh-oh, uh-oh. That voice. You all right? You going through puberty again?
1: That... No, I'm going <laughs> through sleep deprivation. Oh,
0: yeah. That happens when we have a baby now that <laughs> likes to stay up crying and looking at you, and that's it. Um. So, yeah, pray for us, y'all. We need energy. We need energy. But
1: uh, she's such a joy. Yeah, she is. Look but at her. Well,
0: you can't see her, but I can see her. She over there knocked out, too. I'm tempted to bring her over here, but I don't want her to wake up and stuff. So anyway, let me get focused. Let me stay focused. So let's talk about what's considered a negative interaction, shall we? So okay, here, here's a here's a couple of examples of what a negative interaction is. Um and you guys have probably heard me talk about this in another podcast, but a huge, huge uh predictor of divorce is the four horsemen. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's that's those are four different negative interactions that Uh, if you find them in conflict, can start to deteriorate your marriage. And the four horsemen are defensiveness, right, stonewalling, Mm -hmm. criticism, Mm -hmm. and contempt. And defensiveness, if I can go through these really briefly, um, we've talked about this a lot in other podcast episodes, but defensiveness is when you're guarded, uh, when you're not um, receptive. Someone says, well, you know... How come you forgot to, you know, I don't know, wash the dishes? And then you say, well, you forgot to take out the trash. That's defensiveness. Um, uh, stonewalling is when you just shut down. You mm-hmm. become a stone wall. Right. And you don't let anybody in. You don't let any emotions out. You kind of keep to yourself. Mm-hmm. That's stonewalling. Men do that more often than women. However, I'm meeting a lot of women that do that as well. Um, criticism. We know, We all know what criticism is, right? That's when you're criticizing someone. Uh, and that's kind of how you're, uh, communicating to them and expressing how you feel about them, you know? So you never do this. You just like your dad or that, 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 that's criticism. And then contempt, that's the worst one. They say that if contempt is anywhere in your conflict, your, your marriage is like literally on divorce's doorstep or divorce is on your doorstep. I mean, literally your marriage is going to fail if contempt is part and contempt is when you are belittling your spouse, you're putting yourself in a superior position yeah. um you're being emotionally abusive, you're calling names, devaluing them that's contempt, right. and the moment that happens you're you're you need help, you literally need help, but he says that those are negative interactions, but he also says things like loneliness isolation uh those are negative interactions during a conflict, so you know when you're feeling isolated or you isolate yourself while there's a conflict. Um, Or if you're feeling lonely and you're lonely while uh, communicating in a conflict, that can also serve as a negative interaction. Mm -hmm. Um, Because loneliness means that you're disconnected. There's no connection emotionally with your spouse. And so think about that. Um, Now, some people may say anger is a negative interaction. But what he found was while anger is certainly a negative interaction and a natural reaction during conflict, he found that anger isn't necessarily damaging to a marriage. See, what Dr. Gottman found was that he explains it this way. He says that anger only has negative effects if, in the marriage if it is expressed alongside criticism or contempt or defensiveness. So if you couple anger with one of the four horsemen, that's when anger starts to really have a huge negative impact on your marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says that other than that, anger is more of a normal human re- uh, reaction. Right. Uh, but you don't want to couple it with the four horsemen, mm-hmm. right? Um, so negative interactions during conflict include, and here's some more. It includes being dismissive. I already talked about being critical. Um, I already talked about defensiveness, but it also can include body language. So, some of y'all that do stuff in your body language and you say, Well, I ain't say it, but you're showing it. That's also negative interactions, right? So, mm-hmm. body language such as eye rolling, uh huh. Popping pop your, yeah, pop, pop your head, popping your, yeah, popping your head, popping your neck, um, crossing your arms, crossing your legs, being closed off, clicking uh, your teeth. Co- yes, yes. What would that sound like? Are they,
1: or they call it sucking your teeth? What that sound
0: like? <laughs> but any things like that can be a very powerful negative interaction, and it's important to remember that negativity holds a great deal of emotional power. That's why it takes five positives. To interact and balance out, and or I guess overcome just one negative interaction because negativity holds emotional power. Like you've ever went out, uh, went out to work one day and you're feeling good, you're, you're smelling yourself, you got a nice you know nice hairdo, and then your random coworker says, "Ah, did you did you forget to you forgot you forgot to do your hair today?" And all of a sudden, like, and you could have been getting compliments all the way to the office, but that one negative one is what sticks with you. Or you on Facebook. Right. You, you put out a Facebook post and everybody's applauding it and communicating effectively or affectionately and loving it. But then you get that one random troll that says something. Mm-hmm. Right. That that thing holds power. Um, so just think about it. That's why, you know, it takes five positives to overcome one negative because negativity holds power. Um, I wish it didn't, but it does. Right. Um, and by the way, these negative interactions that I've been talking about, they happen in healthy marriages, too. Right. They do. Um, we can attest to it, but they're quickly repaired and replaced with validation and empathy. Mm. Um, but on the flip side, couples who flourish engage in conflict differently than those who eventually end up divorcing. Right. So, like I said, they have those negative interactions, but they're it's easily repaired and it's quick quickly repaired. Uh, not only do the masters of marriage and I love that phrase start conflict more gently but they also make repairs in both minor and major ways that highlight the positivity that's already in their relationship now so that so what what that really means is that like they have already been stoking the flames of positivity they've already been planting seeds investing in the positivity mm-hmm. um so not just they're not just waiting for a conflict to be positive but they've been positive throughout the week when there's no conflict apparent mm-hmm. right so they they've already started developing a habit yeah. a healthy habit of positivity um so so think about that okay now i want to give you eight interactions that stable couples regularly use to maintain positivity and closeness you do these things if you want your marriage to not only survive but thrive okay so let's go let's shift and let's talk about the eight things these are eight things so again i'm giving you eight but you only have to find five of these and use those five effect effectively now it would be lovely to do more but i know i'm speaking to humans and <laughs> in, when you're getting your emotions it's hard to just turn into you know mr rogers Right? So I'm not asking you to do that. Mary Poppins. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not asking you to do that, but you have to be intentional. And and these eight things will be very helpful for you. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about the first one. First positive interaction that you can have is this. Be interested. Now, what do I mean by that? So think of it this way. When your spouse complains about something, do you listen? Are you curious about why he or why she is so mad? Or are you just defensive? Do you shut down? Do you get irritated, right? Do you say, you know, like, whatever is your problem? And I used to be very um, bad at this. And every now and again, if I'm not focused, I can struggle at this. Um, But are you, do you listen when they bring an issue to you? Or do you automatically start searching for ways to defend yourself? Are you curious about why they feel the way that they feel? Or are you penalizing them for feeling the way that they feel? right? Displaying interest includes asking open-ended questions as well as doing more subtle signals such as nods, making eye contact, and saying things like, "Mm mm-hmm, I call those minimum encouragers. Um, Those things show that you are listening attentively, right? Mm -hmm. And the opposite of that is being defensive and guarded or something like they come to you with a concern, but you're on your phone and you don't put your phone down to look at your spouse or turn towards your spouse. Right, or they come to you with a concern, but you 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 turn the volume of the TV up, right, or you put Mm -hmm. your headphones in, or you go in your room and close the door, right. Mm -hmm. Those are things that will disconnect you. I know y'all
1: not doing that. No, y'all
0: not y'all not 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 y'all. These these are the people that you're gonna send this podcast to. Those are the people that do this. Not (laughs) y'all. That's that's the first thing that you can do. The second thing is this: express affection, right? Express express affection. Do you hold their hands? do you offer a romantic kiss, or do you kiss or at all? do you embrace your partner when greeting them and this is not even just in conflict. This is throughout the day. Do you embrace them when you when you see them? How about when you leave? Do you kiss them? Do you hug them? Do you tell them you love them? right? Expressions of affection can happen in small ways, both within and outside of conflict right right? Mm-hmm. So I said some things outside of conflict conflict, but within conflict. This is, I often have my couples, when I'm teaching them these things in our uh, counseling sessions, often we'll have them do this very thing, right? Because within conflict, displays of physical and ver- verbal affection actually reduce stress. So if you're having a difficult conversation and your partner takes your hand and then they say, man, this is difficult to talk about, but I really love you. And I know that we can figure this thing out together. Guess what? You're going to feel much better because they just display affection and it reduces the tension and the stress because you now feel connected. But if that person that you're, you know, venting to, or, you know, you got an issue with the relationship and you're trying to explain it and they, you know, cross their arms and they turn sideways or they're not really looking at you, then they're still disconnected, right? They're not giving any affection. So, Take, you know, a gentle hand on the shoulder, a gentle hand on the knee, uh, holding their hand while you're uh, expressing and discussing something that's within the confines of conflict. It helps reduce the stress. Right. So that and it, and it increases the affection. Right.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's really
0: important. So, so make that a habit it creates a safe place and that, you know what, that's, that's one of the laws of marriage. I just wrote a book called 37 laws of marriage. It's not out yet. It's done, but it's not out yet. Cause we mm. published in Mandy's book. Then that book is coming out and the law of the safe place, right? That's one of the laws of marriage. So yes. So I'm going to talk about that in another podcast because it's going down anyway, mm. <laughs> let me go. Let me talk about the third way that you can uh, display positivity inside of a conflict. The third way is this. Demonstrate that your spouse matters, right? And the small acts that demonstrate that you care are very powerful ways to enhance the positivity in your marriage. So bringing up something that is important to your partner, even when you disagree, demonstrates that you're putting their interests on par or even above yours. And it shows your partner that you care about them, right? And how you treat each other outside of conflict influences how you will handle your spouse or how you will treat each other yeah. inside of conflicts. So, how you are outside of conflicts will often determine how you are inside of conflicts. Mm-hmm. And if you're not showing that your spouse matters, um, case in point, uh, I, I have dreads now. And so, I have a, um, Every now and again, you know, my dreads will get in my face. Don't hate. Um, and I I would like to like put a, a, a hair band or something on it to kind of just hold them back. And a couple of nights ago, I actually went and used one of Mandy's. Um, and then earlier, literally today, she came back from the store and she had purchased some that I could use. Uh, so she bought some for me without me even asking her to do that. Uh, so that's just a small act to show that I matter. And she's thinking about me, even though she's at the store getting stuff for the house. She was thinking about me and that made me feel good. Um, so that's that's just an example of demonstrate that that they matter. And you can begin building up on that now so that when conflict comes there, when they think about you, they don't think about you in a negative light. That They think about you like, wow, this person, even though we're having this disagreement, I still matter to them. Right. Right. Number four. Number four is this intentional appreciation. Now, intentional is the operative word here. So, how you think about your partner influences how you treat them, right? right? Right. So, by focusing on the positives of your marriage, such as the good moments from your past and your spouse's admirable traits, you put positive energy into your relationship.
1: Yes, believe in the best. Yes, and, and that talks about that. That's
0: that's in First Corinthians, right? Yes. Love believes the best, right? Or hopes for the best. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's it this this stuff is not just psychology and science this is bible this is life right right like you gotta have like in a in a negative moment of your marriage in a conflict right like and conflicts don't have to be negative but for most people they are you shouldn't change how you see your spouse you should still see them in the loving light that you do when there's no conflict Mm -hmm. right so by focusing on their positives during a conflict that helps put positive energy into that moment Because think about it this way. Negativity is bound to enter your thoughts, especially during conflict. You're going to have some negative thoughts. So intentionally, there's that word again, intentionally focusing on the positives will counterbalance any of the moments when you struggle to find something good to say or to even think about regarding your your spouse. So you want to start being intentional about infusing positive thoughts about them. So that when you are in a moment where you're thinking negative, you can counteract that with something positive, right? Think about it this way. Every time you express your positive thinking and give your spouse a verbal compliment, no matter how small you are strengthening your marriage. So if you're really, yes. And if you're, if you're interested in having a strong marriage, like Manny just said, plant those seeds now, get it out the way, keep doing it, be consistent so that Mm. you don't have to struggle to do it. When you're in the heat of a conflict or an right, argument. Right. right.
1: It won't seem like it's not authentic.
0: Exactly. And forced. And that just doesn't help anybody. <laughs> We've been there too. Mm-hmm. So we understand. All right. Let's go to number five. And this again, I'm talking about the eight ways to be positive so that you can counteract one negative during a conflict. So number five is this, find opportunities for agreement. This is a big one, guys. This is one that if you could do works, it works very, very effectively. Think about it this way. When couples fight, I have found that they often focus on the negative parts of the conflict and they completely miss the opportunities for where they can find agreement or the things that they can actually agree on. Mm -hmm. And so when you seek opportunities for agreement, and you express yourself accordingly, you're actually showing that you see your spouse's viewpoint as valid and that you, you care about them. So right. an alliance in conflict, even if it's a minor alliance, can fundamentally shift how couples fight. Trust me, you want to still form alliance. I actually say access points find access points where you guys can still connect and still agree even throughout the conflict. Mm-hmm. So just because you disagree on this one area related to a topic, that mean that you have to disagree in all areas related to that same topic. Right. You have to be intentional about finding opportunities to agree. So yes, we may disagree on how to manage money right now or how we should manage money related to this particular issue, but we can find agreement and how we want, what our overall financial goals are right. and we can find agreement in what we want to do with money in the other areas of our marriage. But this mm-hmm. area we we got We got to figure this out. Right. So maybe when it comes to money within laws, we haven't really came to the same page yet, but money in general or paying bills or who's going to be over the finances, how much are we going to give to others? You know, we can agree on that, but we got to fix this one area. Right. Right. So don't throw, and I hate this saying, but this is the best I got. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, <laughs> right? So just because it's dirty here, don't mean you got to throw everything out. Find opportunities to agree. Right. I call those access points. Okay. Number six, and this is this is a doozy for men. Empathize and apologize. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and and I've, i we did a podcast where we talked about. Um, emotional intelligence. And I understand that empathy is an aspect of emotional intelligence. Most men struggle in emotional intelligence. So I know that they're going to struggle when it comes to demonstrating empathy, mainly because men, boys, when we're young, we're not taught to be empathetic. We're taught to be tough. Mm -hmm. right. So empathy, though, is one of the deepest forms of human connection. And when you empathize with your spouse, you show them that you understand and feel what they're feeling even if you express empathy non-verbally through a facial expression or a physical gesture, but just by demonstrating empathy, you're expressing to them that you understand how they feel and mm-hmm. you are there with them mm-hmm. and that their feelings matter. Right? right? So saying things like it makes sense to me that you feel something like that will help your partner see that you are on their team. Right. Empathy is a profound connecting skill that all spouses can and should improve in Mm -hmm. and there's no limit to the amount of empathy that you can express inside of a marriage so go listen to that episode where i talked about uh emotional intelligence because empathy is a is a crucial skill that mothers father fathers teach your sons to be empathetic Mm -hmm. right Mothers, teach your sons to be empathetic. The girls, your daughters will get it because they're. it's easier for them to pick it up because they're supposed to be empathetic and caring and nurturing. But boys, for some reason, well, we know, but society says we don't have to. We're not supposed to be empathetic. And then you, you well, I'm not going to go down that road because, mm-hmm. you know, I was going to say something about somebody, but I'm not. But But then you become a person who lacks empathy and you only are interested in what you want, right, and what's good for you. Um, And those people tend not to last inside of marriages. But let me say this. Let me tell you this. We work with a lot of standers who are married to non-empathetic spouses. And because of that, their spouses are either sleeping around, living with another person, and they don't care how it's impacting their spouse and their kids. Right? So just think about that. Empathy is something. It's a skill that you have to develop. Right. And. Here's the thing, though. Again, like I said, there is no limit to the amount of empathy that you can express. And if your partner, your spouse is upset with something that you said or did, simply apologize. Simply say, you know what? My bad. I'm sorry. And if you can find a moment during conflict to say, you know what? I'm sorry. And I, I know what I did hurt your feelings. That makes me feel sad that I'm hurting your feelings. That, if you could say something like that, which is hard for dudes to say, because <laughs> uh, nothing makes us sad, by the way. But if you can find words like that, you will provide a positive and empathetic interaction that reinforces your bond, right? Husbands, here's my tip to you. Never, ever be too masculine to apologize. Actually, one of the most manliest things that you can do is to offer a sincere and empathetic apology. Now, some of y'all are offering pathetic Uh-oh. apologies, but I'm talking about empathetic, not pathetic. Cause some of y'all is just, 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 just stop. Okay. Do better. You got to do better. We all got to do better. Um, yeah, but please, men, let's, let's grow in our ability to be empathic towards our spouse. Okay. Number seven. And this is again, we're talking about eight ways to be positive inside of a conflict. So number seven is this, accept your partner's perspective as valid. This is difficult guys, not just guys, but people, everybody listening. This is a difficult one because I think, you know, for most people, we think the way we see the world is the correct way. Our perception is our reality and our perception should be your reality. (laughs) And so if, if I think I'm right, that automatically means you're wrong. Right? So that's how people think. And so, this like this one is huge. And an approach that drastically improves conflict is understanding this. It's understanding that each of your perspectives are valid, even if they are opposed to each other. Just because y'all disagree and y'all have two different viewpoints don't mean that one is right and the other is wrong. So often when a, when a, when a couple comes to me and they want to, they ask a question of, so is this right that I'm thinking this way? Or is this wrong that this person is thinking this way? I often say it's not about right or wrong. It's about what's more effective and what's more efficient for the marriage. You guys can have really true, two good, honest, like truthful viewpoints, but what's most efficient for the marriage? What will benefit the marriage the most, right? right? And so while you may not agree with your partner's perspective, letting them know that their perspective makes sense will show them that you respect them. And you guys know the book, Love and Respect. Respect is huge. And one of the best ways to do this is to summarize. We call this looping your spouse's experience during a conflict, even if you disagree. Right. So they say something and then you loop it back. And ah, I would like to demonstrate that on air, but... Gosh darn it, I don't want to run out. I think I don't want to go over on time. Um, but if you can loop back to your spouse, maybe we'll do an episode where we an episode where we talk about looping. Yeah. Um, but if you can demonstrate that by letting your spouse know that their perspective is valid, this is huge. And remember, validation doesn't mean agreement. It just is a sign that you respect them, right? So exactly. vali- validation is not agreement, but it's respect. Here's, here's the, oh, thank you, baby. Here's the last one, number eight. This and this is a good one. Um this is one that I do um I if I'm honest, I do this more than Mandy. <laughs> but if I'm also honest, I can probably do this to a fault. And so I have been learning and I've gotten much better at this, but I've had to to find balance with this last one.
1: And God uh, balances you out like he did when I was in labor.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, and it'll make sense once I once we I tell you what this last one is. So the last <laughs> one is this. Um, and again, we're talking about ways to be positive while you're in conflict. So the last one is this, make jokes or at least smile when it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it makes sense that when Mandy was in labor, uh, like I can't, I, I just can't take life serious. I just have this issue where I just cannot take anything in life serious, really. And like whenever Explain my,
1: what you mean by that?
0: Well, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, it's easy for me to laugh and joke about stuff that some, Normal people would find inappropriate, uh, and especially if I'm around my sister Didi, which, by the way, happy birthday, my bigger one of my older sisters. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, sis! If you're listening, we love you. Um, and then if I'm around her and my dad, uh, it's just it's, we could be at a funeral and we're gonna, we're gonna find something to laugh about. And so some people may find that inappropriate. That's why I say it may not be appropriate.
1: And they're not laughing at the situation. We're not laughing at the person in
0: the, in the coffin, unless we are. Like if they had that makeup, if that makeup won't if their face won't beat. I'm sorry. Let me let me stay focused. Oh, um, but this is that's why Mandy brought up the uh, the when she was giving birth because I knew that if my dad and my sister was gonna be around, I wouldn't have been serious. And Mandy was warning me to take it serious. And only that day I, got, I had this massive, like, I was congested. I couldn't even be excited <laughs> when you, I Jesus. wanted to. And so I was fully present because I couldn't even get excited and get comical. I just was locked in like Mandy. So I think that was God's way of keeping me focused. Uh, but anyway, making jokes and at least smiling when appropriate is very helpful. Playfully teasing, smiling, silliness, and finding moments to laugh together can ease the tension, and a heated conflict. Mm -hmm. Most couples... Like, if you think about it, have inside jokes. Y'all already got inside jokes about each other, Mm -hmm. right? Like, we got an inside joke called the pretzel. And when I say the pretzel, (laughs) Mandy knows, (laughs) yeah, she, see, she knows exactly what I'm, (laughs) she knows exactly what I'm talking about, right? And I don't even got to say nothing but the pretzel. And I was like, baby, if I ever see you do the pretzel again, we're going to have a talk. And see, it's funny. And if I say that in a, in a, in a joking way while we're in conflict, guess what? It breaks up the tension and we laugh. Right. And so if you have an inside joke, use that to your advantage while you're in a conflict. Do it appropriately, but use it. Right. This highlights that you, you guys are exclusive and it's just stuff that you guys share. Like nobody else knows what the pretzel means. And I want to I want to keep it that way. Yeah. Um, a word of caution, though, is with this one, this is a tough one. Right. Because remember, to find a way to joke around the main like you you want to make sure that you find ways to joke around um, but also do it in a way that maintains the respect that you have for your spouse. Right. Right. So you don't want to joke in a disrespecting manner. So they're crying because of something. And then you make a joke about them crying or about why you look, you know, no, don't do that because that's disrespectful mm, no, 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 and it actually adds to the frustration no, and the no, tension. No, 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 so make sure that you are wise in your use of this particular one. Yes. If you're not wise yet, don't use it. Use the other seven until you get better at it. Okay. So make sure that you do it appropriately um, and do it in a way that brings both of you guys closer, not further. Right. So got it? Good. Okay, so there we are. I've given you eight ways to have positive interactions during the conflicts that your marriage will have because you guys will have conflicts. We all now, do. Yes, we all do. And you should be well equipped just with these eight things to begin balancing out the negative interactions in your marriage and in conflict. Okay. And the best part about this is that you only have to do five for every one negative. Right. We're not asking you to lift a bus right now and do all of them. It would be great if you can learn all of them and do all of them. And if you are already doing all of them, kudos. Right. We're not asking you to do all that. Just do five. And this is
1: somebody who needed
0: it. Yes, yes, that's a great idea. And we need to start saying that more often. Share this with people, other couples, yes. especially those that you know need it. You know they beefed because y'all was hanging out with them yesterday. You ain't got to tell. You know
1: you ain't got to tell them that they need it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a piece of gum. Yeah, you take one and then you add, you yeah. offer somebody. You want a
0: piece of this? <laughs> you know they breath a little, little, little raunchy, <laughs> but yeah, you know they marriage a little. Little stale, but here, hey, just listen to this. This will be good. You enjoy it, right? (laughs) Um, But there you have. Those are eight ways to balance out the negative interactions. So, to wrap this episode up, I want you to do this for me, right? Actually, I don't want you to do it for me. I want you to do this for your marriage. I want you to observe how you and your spouse interacts while in the conflict. Actually take it a step further. Just observe how you guys interact on a daily basis, but zero in on how you guys interact with each other during a conflict. And for every negative interaction that happens, are there more positive interactions? Are you balancing things out? Is your conflict resolution lopsided? Which it most likely is if you don't have this information. Like if, if if you're not balancing it out correctly, take it upon yourself to actually be more intentional about creating more positive interactions in your relationship. And if you can actually take it this step further, and I want you to for one week document both the positive and negative interactions, however small in your marriage. And as Dr. Gottman's research has revealed, look at this, the more positives, I want you to see if this is true, the more positive actions and feelings that you can create in your marriage It'll start to bleed over into the overall happiness and the overall stability of your marriage. So if you're more positive, your marriage will be more happy and you will have more stability. That's that's research. It's been mm-hmm. proven. We do it every single day. Yeah. right? And so I want you to take a look at the, just for one week. Look at both the positive and negative interactions. And then I want you to just start to pay attention to, or am I balancing out what this? Okay, so I just rolled my eyes. So now I got I to gotta find a way to balance that one negative thing out with five. So that really means that you got to look at it like that. Like, shoot, I just said something critical. Or I just got defensive. So I got to find creative ways throughout this conversation that we're having to infuse positivity. And I got to do at least five for that one thing. So that means that you need to be paying attention to the negatives that you're doing. And if you're doing multiple negative things, stop. Just stop. Okay. I know it's easier said than done. But anyway, let me wrap Practice up here. Makes perfect. It, yes, it does. So let me wrap up here because I can go all day with this. Um, ask anybody that have, that has come down for one of our three day intensives and I can go, I have had eight hours. Mo- no. Nine, multiple nine hour sessions. I can go nine hours straight. So I can do this all day, but you you don't want to hear me all day. So anyway, uh, let's wrap up here. You sound like Captain America. <laughs> oh, in the elevator? yeah when so well, he
1: was saying that before he became Captain America. he was a little guy oh in the alley. alley yes
0: yes yes yes, yes. <laughs>
1: sorry we're superhero geeks yes we are
0: <laughs> oh if y'all ain't been watching black lightning what y'all what y'all on Check it out. if y'all ain't watched black panther what y'all on anyway let me wrap up Wakanda here forever. <laughs> anyway guys thank you for your support thank you for your time i hope this information is helpful and at the end of the day we want you to literally become a master of your marriage literally that means that in order to take all of this juicy goodness in that this episode has, yeah, is, is juicy, um, you may have to go back and listen to it a couple of times and take some notes. But do right. what you need to, to make sure that you get all this information in. And we can we plan to continue to provide this level of information during this second season of the podcast. Um, so, guys, we love you. And remember, um, you can leave a comment about this episode. All you got to do is go to masteringourmarriage.com. Forward slash episode sixty three, and you can leave a comment. You can share it. You can like it. Whatever you want. Also on Facebook, because we can have it posted on Facebook. Um, and make sure that you subscribe in iTunes and leave us an honest rating and review. And that way, the more people who subscribe to these shows, uh, the more that leave ratings and reviews, the more people, the more other people will have access to these types of divorce destroying resources. So I'm David Taylor signing off with my beautiful wife. Mandy,
1: <laughs>
0: she you going to sign off or you just going to laugh like that? You just going to uh, laugh?
1: What you want me to say? You just said. Just we just say both say I'm signing off. I'm out. We out. We out. And dude. we out with y'all.
0: We out with Zay, y'all. Zay says bye. Love y'all. deuce. Deuce. deuce.